game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Huck comes in front. Scores! Evan Bouchard wires it home. And we are tied at three. Now up the right wing to dry side. Lay over the line with McDavid. The pass. McDavid to dry side. Oh, The Panthers had victory in their paws, but the Oilers say not so fast, putty tat. Evan Bouchard ties it with 4.4 seconds left in the third period, and then 22 seconds into overtime. The greatest combination in the young history of three-on-three overtime. Dreisaitl from McDavid wins it, and the Oilers pull it out 4-3 against the Florida Panthers. The Oilers improve to 12-10 on the season. They win back-to-back games since the final two games of their five-game winning streak back at the end of October and start of November. So, pretty exciting finish as Rob Brown joins me here in Studio 99. I I thought this was a pretty good game overall. I I thought uh, both teams played well at at times. I thought both goaltenders had very good nights. Uh, Florida went ahead on a power play goal with 444 left in the game. And I wondered, oh, man, could that be? Because I I really thought, I I thought the Oilers played a good game. I mean, a a depleted lineup. I thought five on five, they were quite strong. They outshot a team that rarely gets outshot. now it came down to the wire, but I think ultimately the team that was probably slightly better on the evening got the victory. Well, and I think that both teams deserve, deserved a point in this game. I thought both teams came out, played well. Both goalies were strong, made big saves. Knight was exceptional. There was, I know that there's some stat that shows goals that, or saves that should have been goals, and I, I bet you Knight had about five or six of those tonight where everyone expected the red light to come on and he made big saves uh it was a game that had a lot of peaks and valleys it, it, there was uh, both teams made major mistakes when leading the game late in the third period uh and at the end of the day the oilers got a, a lucky or fortunate break when the shot from barry at the point with 10 seconds to go hit the florida panther foot and went over the glass instead of out of the the zone if it goes out of the zone the game is over it goes over the glass to get one last face off and a missed assignment there's only one guy in front of the net for the edmonton Oilers. that was bouchard and the florida panthers didn't cover him he made no mistake a highly entertaining and then once you get to overtime uh, i i just went on the air with bob there's no reason the other team should ever go without two defensemen if you're going against Connor and Leon. Start 2D. It makes no sense. You're not going to beat the Oilers with two forwards. And then you had two forwards that uh, both made huge mistakes. It was a two-man forecheck on, in an overtime, and you left Connor and Leon standing behind you, and they certainly won't make a mistake when they get on a two-on-one. 
Well, yeah, and the, I mean, that time they actually had time to pass it twice. A lot of times it's one pass in the shot with those guys. Because I don't know what, both Kachuk and Bennett were forechecking Darnell Nurse. I mean, Darnell eventually just had to throw it into an area, and they had the two guys beat. I, it made no sense what they were doing there. Kachuk eventually fell, but it didn't matter. He'd left Bennett hung out to dry. It was a, to me, it was poor decision on who they put on the ice for the Florida Panthers and Leon and Connor had a two-on-one from their own blue line they went back and forth and Ekblad who was a, a great great defenseman for the Florida Panthers almost stopped that two-on-one he got a piece of it just enough to force Leon to do a bit of a flyby but Leon's big strong gets a stick on puck and at the end of the night the Edmontonos I believe got the extra point that they deserved well and, and night was incredible I mean I thought 14 seconds left. Hyman's alone in front. Mm -hmm. Now on the replay, it looked like maybe he didn't quite get as Kinda much on it as he would have liked, yeah. but still, it, it was a, an open net mm -hmm. when he first touched the puck, and Knight got across there to make the saves. He made few, especially with his pads tonight, shooting out his legs, that he made several pad saves. It, it, it's funny. Both goaltenders were excellent in this game, and there were still seven goals scored, so it shows you the number of mistakes both teams made, the number of great offensive plays that were out there, uh, and at the end of the night, the puck was on the sticks of the best players in the league, and they made the Florida Panthers made, uh, pay for a mistake in overtime. Spencer Knight stops 36. He's the third star. McDavid, the second star. Drysaddle, the first star. Our fourth star with three assists. He kind of owns this category. Is Zach Hyman for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. Well, and we'll also give a fourth star to James Hamlin for playing his first NHL game. But they, they switched up. About halfway through the second period, around there, uh, Hyman went up with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh, Pugliarvi went to the Nugent Hopkins line. And Hyman, you know, again, around the net, had a goal disallowed that he kicked in, but another good well, game for him. And, and I like a lot of the things that Yessi has done as of late, but Yessi Pugliarvi is not Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman's in a different stratosphere, and he just makes players around him better. Uh, each and every time he's on the ice, he keeps plays alive. And, uh, you know, the, the last two goals in the game, he kept alive. One off his pads, it goes to the right spot to Barry. Then at the end, he kept the faceoff alive when the Florida Panthers actually won the faceoff back. And Connor and Hyman kept it alive and allowed Bouchard to score the goal. Hyman was excellent in this hockey game, and the coaching staff realized that this was going to be a game that was going to be tight and to give their two best players the best opportunity to create offense, they put Zach Hyman with them, and he made a difference. And that's our quick change for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. The man who made that change, Oilers head coach, Jay Woodcroft. Game. Well, I thought, uh, you know, for me it was a muddy track out there uh, this evening, uh, both ways. And um, we had to find a way to muck through the slop uh, of the game, so to speak. And um, for me, you know, we talked after the second period. We, we recognized the type of game, part, partly because of where they're at in their schedule, them missing a, a player or two, where we're at in our schedule. Um, um, but in the end, that game that was just played was worth two points. And we felt that if we could turn it up in some areas that those
those two points could be ours. Uh, we went out, we had a great start to that uh, third period. Uh, I thought we were pretty good defensively. We made an error on a uh, kind of a line change um, and then a, a rush against and then, you know, we took a penalty um, and uh, there was the, the goal that went in against us. But what I liked about it was um, nobody stopped playing until the final buzzer. A few games ago against New Jersey, you had mentioned you didn't like the fact you gave up two goals right off of face-offs. Well, uh, tonight you get the uh, the game tire right off of face-off. Just talk about that play and the finish from Bouchard. Well, um, I wish I could tell you that was a set play. I, I mean, that, that wasn't a set player. That's our top players making a play at a critical juncture in the game. Um, on what we would call our weak side because we didn't have a right-hander out there to take that face off. Uh, so that was a, it, but if you go down and look at that play, there's a lot of skilled little things that happen to make that uh, work. And, and in the end, Bush is feeling it right now. And, and, you know, he let a good shot go and, you know, Uh, but it took, you know, 61 minutes or whatever it was in order to crack them uh, for the win, and um, we're able to do that. You outshot them tonight, Jay, and we know that shot generation is a big key to their offensive success, really, for the last few years. I wonder what you thought about the team's ability to, uh, you know, keep some of those shots out of that home plate area that you discussed in past. Yeah, I thought we did a good job defensively today. Um, you know, even if you look at, I would say, five or six of their shots were probably from outside the blue line. Um, I thought that commitment to defending the heart of our, our D zone uh, helped us, um, you know, get the win tonight. And that is the way we're going to have to play here. We're missing four of our top nine forwards. And I thought the players that went in um, to take some of those minutes gave us everything they had. They played a great game. And they committed to playing the game properly defensively and allowed us allowed us to win and in the end the play game you know our offense came down to a few difference makers at the end and and uh, they found a way to make make, make a difference to, to follow up on that James Hamblin's first NHL game just your assessment there well number one I'm super happy for him because there isn't a, a greater example of persistence or stick to or somebody who embodies what the certainly the Bakersfield Condors are all all about which is um, you know going there and earning the jersey down there so that one day you can work towards earning a jersey up here uh, so I'm proud of him I got to see him at the start of his professional career I know today is a special day for a young man from Edmonton uh, who got to play in front of his dad and and uh, other family that were in attendance um, and I thought he went out there and gave us 10 good minutes a couple games in a row, you've played McDavid and Drysaddle together at evens. Uh, just your thoughts on that through a couple of games? Yeah, I think we're in the trying to find a way to win games mode right now, and we're taking it on a day-by-day -day basis, not committing to keeping that together. Um, we're trying to use our eyes and uh, find ways um, to get wins. And, um, you know, we did it in dramatic fashion in New York. And we did it in dramatic fashion here uh, today against a good Florida Panthers team, a well-coached Florida Panthers team that gave us everything we could handle. When you get a couple of come-from-behind wins, whether it's 
you know, in fashion tonight, giving it up and then getting it back or just getting it back the other night? What can that maybe do over the long haul for your group as you find yourself in these situations? Well, I, what I think it does is it, it creates belief that we have the necessary pieces to find ways to win games. We're a dangerous team when we put it all together. I think uh, when you're missing some of the pieces that we're missing, um, we're learning about other people who might be a little bit re ready for a little bit more. And, um, you know, we're learning. And uh, we're about to, we're in the middle of a real busy stretch of a, the schedule. And we're learning a lot of stuff about um, some of our players. And um, when you can find ways to win games in the, that fashion, I think it benefits you long term, especially when everyone gets healthy. During these exciting but but stressful moments, yeah. Well, I said it after the New York game uh, that we went in between periods and felt we had it was a winnable hockey game. Uh, today we were down one nothing five minutes into the game on kind of a tough bounce that ended up in the back of our net. Nobody. Um, dropped their head or didn't have belief. I think we had the belief that even though it was a tough slog of a game that we we could find our way to ending up on the right side of it. Um, the feeling on the bench, I think we have a positive bench in general. I think um, some of the new players that we have in the lineup uh, come to the rink every day with juice and our great teammates. Um, so I thought it was... I thought it was good, and that's why hockey's played over 60 minutes. You never know which is the most important shift. Jay, a guy who seems to play with juice every night, Zach Hyman, just relentless. That he ended up with three assists, probably could have had three goals, just yeah. unable to finish. But just his dogged determination constantly to win puck battles that it doesn't seemingly look like he should win. Yeah, well, he's... Um, we're talking about James there, but Zach is somebody who's willed his way to the National Hockey League. He's willed his way to the career that he has had. And um, he's blood, guts, not he, uh, you know, worker that um, I described earlier this year as, you know, someone who's hard to play against, but easy to play with. And I think that's what his teammates would say about him. And I think that's a huge compliment. Um, you know, he's a big factor in those goals. He had one taken away. He's been all over it. Uh, you know, I remember, I think I looked at the game sheet against Long Island. He had 11 shots on net that game. I thought he was all over it in New York. He had numerous scoring chances in, in against the Rangers. Uh, and tonight he was a big factor in, in securing the win for us. He's an invaluable piece of what we have going on here. Good. Thanks, guys. That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. His team wins 4-3 in overtime against the Florida Panthers. Yeah, Bouchard ties it 4.4 seconds left in the third, and Dreisaitl wins it 22 seconds into overtime. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. There was a goal scored, uh, well, Mont the Montour goal, that mm -hmm. was almost the game winner with 4.44 left. The Oilers challenged and lost the challenge. So here's what they were challenging for. And this was put in, I think it was a San Jose-St. Louis series where there was a hand pass that was missed and then one of the teams scored a big goal. So the, the, a team can challenge 
and say, hey, the play should have been stopped because there was a hand pass or a puck with a high stick. So there was the puck flipped in front, went up in the air. Kachuk knocked it down and went through the crease. Uh, Panthers got it back to the line and they scored. Here's the crazy thing about that play. If Kachuk had knocked the puck into the net, it would have been no goal. Because for pucks that go into the net, it's the height of the crossbar. And he was clearly above the crossbar. For a pass, for what turns out to be a pass to a teammate, it's the shoulder. So they were reviewing the height of the shoulder and they said his stick was not above the shoulder when it touched the puck. Though it, it, was it, was, it was close and I understand uh, the challenge by the Oilers because it was that close. We watched it a number of times up in the press and box. And with that much left in the game. You're like, you know what, it's, it's, it's worth the challenge. Uh, and uh, again, well, again, also goes to show you, like, the Oilers lose the challenge, they get a penalty. The Florida Panthers in this game have a one-goal lead and a power play with, what, three minutes to go in the game. Yeah, 4.44. And they take a too-many-men penalty. Uh, you, like, it just, you can't... If you want to look why the Florida Panthers didn't win this hockey game, plays like that. Uh, but the Oilers overcame the penalty. Uh, they overcame not scoring on their power play, and they continued to press forward, and it was fun. But yeah, it was, uh, it was very, it was an interesting call. Uh, it was uh, one that neither one. I mean, we're sitting up there and we're still trying to because it, it looks close. And then I actually well, asked you always you, wonder if there was an offside 40 seconds well, no, ago, I, right? I, yeah. Well, I, I knew that I knew they were going high, the high stick because I, I when it happened, I'm like, okay, that looked close to a high stick. So I knew they're going high stick. But then I knocking on the glass to you, I'm like, okay, what's the high stick rule? Is it shoulders or or crossbar? And obviously you just explained it right there, and it was close, but probably the right call. It's one of those two that it's. To, it was called a goal on the ice. So to overturn it, it's got to be quite obvious proof that it was a high stick. But when it's that close, they stay with the call on the ice. And the Florida Panthers got a big goal at that moment and in an absolute crazy scramble. But they don't take advantage of the power play they got out of it. Yeah, I'm wondering, just as a side note here, I, I think that they should standardize that rule. Oh. That if it's in the offensive zone, it's always the crossbar. Or, or if it's close to the net, like it might be hard for the ref to see, but if it's a if it's a net play that could be a goal, it should be the crossbar because it it's I mean that's how the Oilers were limited last year. It would uh, was it Burkowski that knocked it out of the air yep. and it, and Smith stopped it. But if that had gone in, it would have been no goal because it was above the crossbar. But because it was below his shoulders they let the play keep going and he puts it, well, well, and it what's funny about all that uh, the the height of where you can use your stick is different between a uh, uh, Derek Ryan and a Nima Linen. I mean one guy's allowed to have the stick a foot and a half higher than the other guy because it's not the crossbar it's your shoulders uh, it, it was a crazy sequence that the Florida Panthers were able to score a goal on and it just got even crazier after that because they take a too many men on the ice penalty and then they give up a goal with five seconds to go in the game but for us in the media and for us in the stands cheering on it was highly entertaining. Okay, Oilers win at 4-3. We are happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. More post-game reaction coming from the Oilers dressing room. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now bring it over for Hagee. He'll walk in. He'll shoot. Save made by Skinner. Just got enough of it with the glove and the puck on the left wing. All right, that's the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner, pretty good once again. Stops 25 out of 28. So I set the line at 38. Skinner saves plus Hamblin's ice time. It's under. Hamblin played just under 10 minutes. Skinner makes 25 saves for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. So Jacqueline gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Uh, I, I thought Hamblin played uh, played fine. Uh, you know, he was out there with Holloway and Malone a, a lot. They, they've had some pretty good uh, forechecking shifts. Yeah, I thought he was good. I, I think Malone's been good since he's come up. Holloway's uh, in the last number of games has, has shown more and more. Uh, that's the one thing that the Oilers have now that they haven't had in the past is is depth guys they can call up from the minors and they fit in seamlessly this was a team that at times in the past they didn't have 20 true nhl players in their lineup when they were healthy and now they're a team that they can lose for their top five excuse me two for their top nine forwards move players into the lineup move other guys up and beat a good Florida Panther team with them, and, and those players don't look out of place. So uh, a number of players had to play extended minutes tonight. A number of players played in situations that they aren't normally in, and they all fit in well. And I think that Hamblin has got to be proud of the effort he gave tonight, and uh, probably the, the nerves and the jitters were there for a little while in that first period, but as the game went on, he went out and he talked about it after the game. He, he wasn't going to back down from anyone. He knows what his role is. He brought an energy to the game, and, and good on him, good on his family and friends that were here tonight. I hope he gets a chance to enjoy it. All right, Oilers win at 4-3 in overtime. Let's go to the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Jordan standing by. Jordan, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, boys. Uh, yeah, quick question about Bouchard and then kind of a deeper question uh, if you have a minute. So first up, like, as far as Bouchard, I haven't seen all the games lately, but I know he didn't get the start he wanted, but it seems like he's, like Jay said, been feeling it. But uh, has he been, what has he been doing differently or just has he kind of stuck with it and his puck luck's changed? Um, and then the second question is um, you hear about, like, those mistakes that are made and, and, and because it's such a, a razor margin, razor-thin margin on all these plays in our, in our, in our game, is there, like, baseball going to be any a future where we, we actually get tracked um, like errors in the way that, you know, like baseball errors are tracked, you know, players that, you know, there's, there's plus minus, takeaways, well, they, giveaways, uh, yeah, missed well, passes, they, like all that. Do you ever see that going to like error percentages as a way of tracking, um, you know, on ice value? Well, they, well, as you probably know, they track giveaways on NHL.com. But uh, there's, pro there's, and there's stats stuff. and well, like I know there's tracked and some of the stuff you can, you know, the, the fan can get, but you got to pay for it. Yeah. And teams uh, track a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I mean, what um, was it tip last year? I think he was talking about Duncan Keith, like was one of the best in the NHL at forcing a dump in on, you know, an attack or something. There's there's stats for everything and they keep yeah. track. I and mean, a lot of it is it just eye test. You can t a guy that's been around the league long enough will watch the game and say, okay, that guy just made five bonehead plays out there tonight. Or that guy just created three things out of nothing. So you can see it. It's for Bouchard. Uh, he got puck luck in New York. 
and and an offensive player a young one uh, when you get a little bit of luck you feel good about yourself the weights off your shoulders you've seen I've seen veteran players who have gone through stretches where all of a sudden they score and all of a sudden as they're going to the bench they they pull the monkey off their back just showing like I feel it and those are veteran players that feel the pressure of not scoring so a young kid uh, it was affecting him it was affecting his play in both ends he gets a little bit of luck in New York feels good gets the second one and he looks more confident and then the coach gives him a little more ice time, wanting to ride the luck that he's having, the hot stick. He's out there at the end of the game, pucks on his stick, no hesitation. Well, that's the thing. There was hesitation he in his old, game before. There was even a shot, I think it was in the first period because I wrote it down. Uh, yeah, about six minutes into the game, he took a shot from the right wing and he just stopped it and shoot it and shot it. He's, yeah. been, he's been getting those passes and stick handling trying to make a little weave move like he's his best because he does have a quick release oh he's got a really and quick. he shoots it hard enough with a half windup. and what was happening is he had a couple shots blocked so then he second guessed himself so then he, he was passing when he should be shooting he was shooting when he should be passing and it was in his head but he scored a goal felt good about himself got the second one and now okay here i go again and then tonight zero hesitation and he moved into the right spot he knew where to be on that goal that mcdavid found him on at the end of the game so uh, it'll do wonders for both his offensive game but it'll also help his defensive game because now he's not going to force things now he's not going to feel the pressure every time he steps on the ice i can't make a mistake because things aren't going in in the opposite end of the rink for me uh Bouchard was rewarded with more ice time in certain situations like the end of the game and uh, I, I think that or I hope that the confidence he's got over the last couple of games will continue and you'll see him play better and better as we go forward. All right, so the Oilers take it 4-3 in overtime. Here's the man who scored the game winner, Leon Dreisaitl. Pretty gutsy. Uh, yeah, it's a good good way to stick with it. Um, not, not a right game, obviously, but um, you know, you got to win games in this league playing your B game. Um, so, yeah, take, take the two points, uh, you know, clean, clean a couple things up and um, keep going. Connor mentioned you guys didn't have your, your A game, but you didn't give up a lot either. Did you at least sense that, okay, you know what, maybe it's not there offensively, but you weren't leaking the chance? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a mature game. Uh, we didn't um, we didn't force it. We didn't really, um, you know, obviously have our, our, our easiness in our game with, with the puck. Uh, but uh, with that being said, I thought we were fairly solid defensively and didn't give up much. So, um, yeah, sometimes you got to win these games too. You built some confidence too that you can come from behind. Get to maybe do that a few times and have that knowledge that that's there for you. Yeah, you obviously don't want to find yourself in that situation too much. But um, when you are, or when we are, um, I think we got a lot of confidence in our group that we can just you know continue to play our game and stick stick through it and um, you know come away with a point or two. I feel like things are. When you're seven and three, some good things happen to you all the time. When you're three and seven, it seems like you don't get any good things happen to you. Are you getting back on the good side of that right now? Yeah, hopefully. Um, you got to work for for those records. You got to work for um, those those bounces. And when it seems like it's it's going your way, um, you know they they don't just come and fall on your place. So um, I think we've put in a, a, a two two pretty solid games here the last two come away with with uh, four points and obviously we're looking to continue that 
All right, that's Leo Dreisaitl gets his 13th goal of the season. Three-on-three overtime. Him and McDavid are deadly. Nurse got the other assist. Oilers take it 4-3 as we update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Here's what else happened in the NHL tonight. It was the Stars over the Blues, 4-1. Golden Knights beat the Blue Jackets, 3-2 in a shootout. Toronto knocks off Detroit, 4-2. Lightning outscoring the Sabres, 6-5 in overtime. Stamkos got the winner, and the Devils beat the Rangers, 5-3. So they're back on another winning streak. They are 19-4 on the season. And uh, also tonight, Raptors over Cleveland, 188. Monday Night Football, Steelers 24, Colts 17. I don't know if even the most optimistic New Jersey Devils fan in the universe in the history of time <laughs> would have had them 19 and 4 out of the gate uh no i don't believe well, it's so more than out of the gate now like they're we're around the first turn well and again if you and i were given a list of 25 teams to pick at the beginning of the season to be 19 and 4 i'm not sure i'd have new jersey on my list um but good on them they're they're a young fun team to watch uh, I, I watched a couple of their other games that weren't against the oilers uh, they just they play with pace they they're playing with confidence and the one thing they're getting this year that they didn't get last year was good goaltending so uh, i don't i mean this is just the first quarter of the season there's a lot more to go but They've banked, what, 38 points already? That's pretty amazing. That's yeah. pretty good. So they can have a bit of a lull as the season goes forward and still have a nice comfortable spot in a playoff. So good on them, and it shows you how things can turn very quickly in the National Hockey League. All right, back to the Certainty Hotline. Joey has given us a ring tonight. Hi, Joey. Go ahead, please. Hey, fellas. How's it going? Good. Uh, Reed, Reed and the fellas, I hope you guys are doing well. Just on Drysaddle's comment on us playing a mature game down the stretch there, honestly, I think he's hitting the nail on the head. Like, the fact that just we have a full lineup of guys just putting it on the line for the fellas there. One thing I wanted to comment on, though. Well, I guess he had fun anyway. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Both he and his brother Both had Both he fun. and his brother had a really, really good... He thinks he's John Herdman or something. <laughs> <laughs> poor John Herdman. Poor, poor John. All right. Well, the Oilers uh, the Oilers do rally. They, they stick with it, and uh, they pull out a 4-3. I mean, really... Well, not really. It was two goals in 27 seconds. <laughs> they turned uh, zero points into two points. It is how quickly the game turned. Yeah. Um, uh, the one thing that the Oilers have is they have game breakers. And you can't make a mistake. You can't fall asleep for a second. And the, the Florida Panthers fell asleep a little bit at the end of the, the third. They, they weren't able to get the puck out a couple times. Uh, they fell asleep on the faceoff. They, they won the draw and got out battled. They fell asleep with the guy in the slot, Bouchard, no one taking him. And you, you can't make those kind of mistakes when you play against the Connors, the Leons, the Hymans, those type of players. Uh, if the Oilers are a team that if they're within a goal with less than, well, less than 10 seconds to go in the game, they're capable of turning it the other way. And then they get into overtime. Now, again, this isn't playoff overtime. No. Uh, but They'll lose one along the way or but two. Three, but three-on-three yeah. three three overtime, the Oilers have a, a distinct advantage. They have the two best players on the ice, and no one in the National Hockey League can match them. And 
Florida made a mistake in overtime, and Connor and Leon, sometimes it takes them a little longer, but Connor and Leon, two-on-one from their own blue line, they're not going to miss. All right, Oilers win at 4-3 in overtime. They're 12-10 and 10 on the season. More of your phone calls, and you'll also hear from Connor McDavid. We're live in Studio 99. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Goes deep into the Florida zone. Gudis takes a hit from Dryside. All the crowd reacts. All right, our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. There are probably about 500 NHL players who would love to have the crunch of the game on Radko <laughs> Gudis. And probably about 15,000, 16,000 people in the seats today. Uh, he makes you notice him. He, he certainly does. Uh, he's physical, he's mean, he's nasty. Uh, he took some healthy runs at some Oilers tonight, and Leon Drysettle came with full speed. That puck might have bounced in front of the net, and Leon still would have skated over top of it just to go give run Gudis through the boards, and he hit him hard. Gudis felt that one. Yeah. All right, 780-496-0063 as the Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. We have Abbas standing by. Abbas, nice to hear from you. Go ahead. What's up, guys? Awesome game. I don't know what to say about this team they always are so unpredictable. I got to say this order team, even though we have four injuries, I think, and we are smoking hot. Now I want to see the Oilers beat, beat Chicago Blackhawks, and I want to see them win each game, not coming back. I want to see them play consistently defensively and I want them to improve on their power play. Well, I'll tell you what, Abbas, as I always say, often after the first period, it's become a bit of a custom that they allow the first goal. <laughs> you should never go against customs. But, uh, yeah, it would, I mean, sure, play, <laughs> playing with the lead would be nice. And I don't know if the Oilers know how to do it at this point. Uh, have a one nothing lead. What is it now? Uh, the Oilers have scored first eight times. They're 7-1. and one. They have allowed the first goal now 14 times and they're five and nine it's not a bad record so but, a bad, but yeah no they, it's a much better one when they score first uh they take the first penalty most nights and it's usually one or the other quite frankly before the first commercial break in the game which is around six yep. minutes in it's often that early um yeah i mean abbas like i'm sure a lot of oilers fans <laughs> wants to see them put a little winning streak together you know win you know six of eight something seven of ten something like that now, if Chicago is next, and we have talked about there being kind of a jammed middle in the NHL and some teams that were not predicted to do well doing okay or very well. Chicago is actually not in that boat. No. They were not supposed to be good. They have a 381 points percentage. And the, the Oilers won a game probably they would have lost against most teams because they had that was a game they were shorthanded 10 times and they won in the final minute. So injuries are not a, a chance to go in and maybe assert yourself a bit against the well Hawks. it's a game they should win but the thing that we do know in watching the national hockey league that if you don't bring your a game and you let a team hang around most teams well, actually all teams have players that can beat you well the chicago blackhawks have one of the best in the history of the the national hockey league and patrick kane so you don't want to allow the Blackhawks to hang around. That would be a team that if the Oilers go in and get a lead on, they'll be able to extend the lead on. They just you don't want to give them any belief that they can win that hockey game. Uh, 
it's it, it'll be it's fun watching the Blackhawks play and fun watching the Taves and the Kane but I think you're starting to see the beginning of the end whether it's the end of their careers or their end of their careers in Chicago right so uh, enjoy the moments when you get to watch Kane on the ice as a Chicago Blackhawk one of the best players in the history of the league but it's a game that the Oilers should win even with four guys out of the lineup and they may get someone back they may not they have a huge advantage when it comes to skill level playing against Chicago so 4-3 in overtime for the Oilers over the Panthers. James H. Brown, injury lawyers, is back with fill the net. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. $100 to 6-3 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Every time the Oilers score the total this season, up to $7,400. Rob, you, like, you made a, a point on one of the themes that you and I sort of predicted before the season in that games would be higher scoring, sometimes even when teams play fairly well defensively or have good goaltending. I think that this game sort of fits that bill. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly the goaltending was good tonight and that's seven total goals. But we also talk about uh, a lot of players who can make plays and teams are trying to make plays and push the pace. But I wonder too if that is what's leading to some of the mistakes we're seeing too. And, you know, I remember like some teams that played really defensively, especially in earlier eras of hockey, okay, no one leaves the zone until the puck does. Well, now a team wins the face-off and one or two forwards just burn down the ice because there's, there's no two-line pass or the two-line pass is legal and you're trying to take the defense with you. But if that pass doesn't connect or it's picked off in the high slot, so is that, like, is that part of it too? Because teams are trying to push the pace, it also leads to more... Yeah. Uh, events coming back against you? 100%. It's funny. I, I, I work with academies, and I was on the ice, I guess it's this morning today, still Monday, with Cal Chipchera, who is a you know, former National Hockey League player, and he, he coaches there, and we were just talking about this exact same thing, how uh, when we used to play, it'd be off the glass and out, and you stay five guys deep in your own zone, and you don't leave until the puck is, o- is already out, and you don't change until the puck's over the red line, and he, there's... It's just the way you played, but the skill level is so high nowadays for players. Uh, all the way up, from kids all the way up. The way the league's played, you're not allowed to clutch and grab. You're not allowed to hold on. Uh, you're not allowed to hook guys around the waist. So there's so much more movement. So much, Players are freer to do things that play, plays are able to be made. So now teams push the pace, but every time you push the pace, when it goes anything that goes faster, there's a bigger chance of a mistake. When you used to play the slow-down slow game, I'm going to flip it out to center, I'm going to have all five guys here, and you're going to have to beat all five of us. Nobody plays that anyway. That's why no lead is safe anymore, because nobody plays that five guys back, I'm going to sit in my zone, and you're just going to come on and stay on the perimeter. Uh, it's more entertaining, it's more fun, but it, the big thing is the rule changes. It doesn't allow you... I go back to when I played in the NHL, and I was a third-line player, and I remember playing a game against... Korea Solani and Steve Ruchin were the line that we were against. So I was lined up against Timu Solani the whole game. As soon as they dropped the puck, I would grab his jersey. And I would not let go of his jersey the entire shift because I couldn't skate with him. I wasn't even close. So the only way I could do it was put my grab his jersey, put my stick across his waist, and if he took off, he was pulling me the length of the ice. And there weren't penalties called back then. You can't do that now. You, you touch the guy with your stick, you're getting a penalty. So now guys can go full speed. You can't slow them down. It allows for more opportunities for offensive plays. The skill level, guys are shooting from the goal line. Guys are shooting from below the goal line trying to score on the net, like trying to beat the goalie clean. Like off his mask. Off like, his mask. Yeah. And I watched, uh, they showed, uh, I think it was Hughes the other night for the New Jersey Devils. Did the exact, 
great shot from the corner off the goalie's head and in the net. Guys, are, and he said, I've been trying that. I, I know I'm capable of doing that. So because of the skill level of the players and because of the rules, there's going to be way more chances and there's going to be way more mistakes made. And the team that has the best players that can execute are the teams that are going to win. And that's why the Oilers are in a nice uh, zone where they've got two guys that execute better than anyone else in the National Hockey League. And when they get into these games, tight games, I like the Oilers' chances because if there is a bounce that goes their way, they're going to capitalize. So Dreisaitl scores in overtime. The Oilers take it 4-3 as uh, they improve to 12-10 and 10 on the season. Whenever the Oilers get to five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. So Hyman had uh, three assists tonight. McDavid plays 26-42. Dreisaitl plays 24-06. Uh, Barry played 24-16. That was the high out of the defense today. And he and actually left, he left the game. Yeah, yeah. He, got, he took a puck in the midsection at one point and had to go down the runway to the dressing room. Fortunately, he came back. A big part of this win. And uh, Skinner stops 25 out of 28 to get the uh, victory for Florida. Who was their ice time uh, leader? Oh, Ekblad, 24-55. Uh, Knight was outstanding with 36 saves. Uh, the ever-popular Matthew Kachuk goes minus one with a goal and an assist, four shots on goal. He played 23-01. Uh, was not credited with a hit, oddly enough. Uh, he was he was good. I, yes. I thought probably I mean, he did have that sharp angle shot in the third. I thought the first 30 minutes of the game, though, he was probably one of the best players on the ice. Yeah, his I, line was good. Yeah, his line was... He was When his line was out there, they were dangerous. Uh, he was their best player, but again, bonehead play in overtime. He ends up falling down, but he's forechecking nobody and gave up the two-on-one um but he, he he's a good hockey player he's a very good hockey player uh, tonight he stayed more in in control although every i don't know if you watched but every time he skated by Connor mcdavid he either gave him some shoulder a little cross check a little slash in the back of the legs Every single time, he did not miss an opportunity. All right. Well, the Oilers didn't miss their opportunities to make it dramatic tonight. They tie it with 4.4 seconds left, win 22 seconds into overtime. You'll hear from McDavid when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. Now up the right wing to Dreisaitl in over the line with McDavid. The pass, McDavid to Dreisaitl, scores! Leon Dreisaitl wins it for the Oilers! 22 seconds into overtime, 4-3 the final! All right, Cam Moon nailing the call of the Oilers' victory tonight they've gone to overtime twice this season they have won them both McDavid nine days ago Saturday night against Vegas and McDavid setting up Dreisaitl tonight to give them the 4-3 decision over the Florida Panthers so the Oilers are 12 and 10 the Panthers are now 10-8 and 4 by the way the Panthers still a pretty good record in this building six visits to Rogers place they are 3-0 and 3 down to the Oilers dressing room here's McDavid not a clean face-off win but it seemed like you knew exactly where Evan was that at least gave you guys a chance to get one point eventually too um, yeah it's kind of a sloppy draw you know obviously Leo dug in and gave us a chance and I kept it alive and um, you know, just trying to and 
guessing he's over there. Thank, you know, thankfully he was over there. Um, you know, and obviously Bush doesn't miss from there. He's obviously playing great right now. And then over time, uh, seemed like it happened real fast, and you're in on goal with Leon. Yeah, Nurse made a great, great play. You know, Leon Leo does a great job on the draw. And, you know, snaps it back, and they sent two, and uh, Nurse makes a great play, and. Um, Leo and I like getting two on ones, and um, you know, obviously we, we make a bet. This is about 4.4 seconds away from probably a pretty disappointing loss. You felt like maybe for the long stretch of that game you had it, so maybe you feel like you guys were due. Yeah, it was kind of a weird one from our group. I thought uh, we were kind of lethargic, but you know we, we seemed to, to kind of hang in there. You know, we always talk about winning with your B and C game, and you know I thought uh, for a large part of the night we, we didn't have we didn't have our game. I thought they were kind of lethargic too. It's a little bit of a slow game, probably not the most entertaining game in the world. But um, you know I thought both teams did a good job of hanging on to it, and um, obviously we kind of. Uh, Stole it later. It's a couple of games in a row here where you guys have pulled one out late. As you, as you, you, know, you do that a few times, that, that builds sort of a confidence in the group. And whatever situation you're in, you're kind of still in games. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a, a good ability to to come back in games. It's important. You know, you're going to need to do that throughout the course of a year. I don't like that we're having to do it this much. Um, you know, obviously, it goes back to our starts. You know, we got to start better. And, um, been that way for, for most of the season, so um, continue to work on that. And um, you know, but I think we've done you know in the past two games, you know, a, a good job of sticking with it and, and hanging on to the game and um, gotten one out. Was it nice to get two in a row to win a game instead of win loss, win loss, win loss? Certainly. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, obviously we want to go on a run here. Um, we haven't had the, the greatest first quarter that uh, you know we, we wanted. Um, that being said, we're, we're still in a in a fine spot, and um, you know need to uh, need to string some together. You know, it's important. Connor, does this almost feel like a six-game road trip, really? Yeah. Three games, you come home for one, and then you're right back out. It's been a goofy month. Um, you know, we've we've kind of been traveling all over, and uh, you know it continues. Um, you know, just a quick one here at home, and. Back, uh, back on the road again. You know, it's uh, it's been that kind of month for us. So, you know, you're going to get that when you start six at home. Um, you know, but I think the guys are, are doing uh, a good job of you know, hanging in there. So you said you like those two on ones. <laughs> Can you describe why you're so confident? But you only see two world-class players. You figure you're going to not mess up. Yeah, I mean, you got two pretty good players, um, and obviously, when you're with uh, with him, he's going to make a great play. And you know, if you give him a chance, he's going to put it in the back of the net. Um, you know, and he showed that again. All right, that is Connor McDavid as the Oilers beat the Panthers 4-3 in overtime. Our next game broadcast on 6:30, Chet, is Wednesday, six o'clock face-off show game at 7:30. The Oilers visit the Chicago Blackhawks. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from noon to two tomorrow. I will have inside sports from six to eight. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 6:30, Chet. Oilers hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. Get more on 6:30Chet.com. Global news.ca we've been live in studio 99 on behalf of rob brown i'm reed wilkins thriller tonight late in the third early in overtime oilers take it thanks for listening to heartland ford overtime open line
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.